We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hi there and welcome to a very special episode here on the Strong by Design podcast, episode 200. Amazing round of applause, please. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, It's a, a huge accomplishment. And, uh, you know, we're in our fourth year, our fourth season, if you will, uh, with our Strong by Design podcast. uh, And we're able um, to continue to find just the best guests and the best topics and conversations that are really helping uh, move the needle in people's lives. And uh, we're just honored. Uh, This is a ministry for us, really. It's just a way to give back. Uh, It's not monetized, uh, but it's something that we all love here at Critical Bench is is being being able to be part of something great that is helping people all over the world uh, just live lives that are strong by design. And it's the purpose of the show is to help people in all phases of their life, all areas of their life. And and we're just kind of trying to go into all these different areas you know each each episode's a brand new topic typically uh and uh, every once in a while you know we'll have a repeat guest but the conversation is different and so we're just so honored and humbled to uh have this many amazing episodes and uh you know we're going to just continue to to provide this service uh to all of you so thank you Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being listeners of our show. If you're a brand new listener, uh, we're just so encouraged by you finding us, and we hope that you go back a little bit and listen to some of our previous episodes, which is what we're doing in this very special episode is we are grabbing some of the best leadership conversations that we have had with some amazing minds, uh, just super intelligent, uh, super passionate Uh, leaders uh, in all different walks of life. Uh, And so, again, a very special episode 200 and so excited to bring this to you. If you would, please share this episode. uh, When you get to the end, share it with somebody, with a friend or a family member, somebody who needs to hear some of these leadership uh, secrets, these leadership strategies, things that they can do with their team, things they can do in their own life to lead themselves better. Uh, It starts with us. We have to fix ourselves. We have to work on ourselves in order to be the leaders uh, that others need in their lives, right? So, Please, uh, please share this. Uh, that means so much to us. And if you could hit that five-star rating and or review at the end of this uh, amazing episode. So with, uh, without further ado, let's get right into it with overcoming fear with the mind right maniac, Mr. Todd Durkin. Uh, you have three big words on the website there, passion, purpose, and impact. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about those three well, words. Passion, passion is what you got to find if you want to be successful in life. Uh, you study any great athlete, any great executive, entrepreneur, man, you got to have passion. Passion is energy at what makes the world go round and round. So if you're listening today and you're not full of passion, you got to find the, the three, four, or five things that most move your spirit. When you identify those things, I have five that move my spirit. When I'm doing those things, 80% of the time, then my passion is flowing and people feel that. People feel the energy is different. Like, oh, he's high energy. Well, no, I'm not always high energy, but when my passion and I'm aligned with my passion is, is, is great, then all of a sudden the energy flows and that's a good thing. The purpose is for me, as I've evolved as a man, it's divine purpose. It's the God's purpose. Mm-hmm. Am I doing today what I'm doing because of what I want or because what God wants of me. And that's the thing I'm constantly wrestling. Is this ego or is this God? And if it's a God thing, the answer is yes. If it's an ego thing, or I think it's going to just bring more quote success, which we all want. And and I want as well, but it's got to be purpose driven. It's got to be divine purpose. And that's something I seek every single week. It's like, Hey, am I listening attentively enough? Am I doing those things? So when I'm living by passion and purpose, that allows me to create impact and impact for me, I wrote, 
wrote a, my first book in 2010. It was called the, the Impact Body Plan. And over the, the last nine plus years, I've been able to evolve the impact message. One of the reasons I'm down here in Florida, I just gave a, uh, an impact keynote yesterday. And um, impact, you see this band here, impact stands for an acronym. And it means, I means live inspired. Live inspired every single day. M stands for master your craft. So regardless of what you do for a living, how do you become 1% better in your career, in your life every day? You know, the, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hour rule or 10 years to become great at something. How do you continue to master your craft? The pro athletes I work with, the, the top level quarterbacks and MVPs, things like that. How do you year after year after year stay motivated to master your craft when you're already really good? Which comes to the P, which is play at world class. Play at world class is get your mind right. You got to get your mind right. Playing at world class is a mindset, one that you know you deserve success. How are you going to manifest that success? We live in an abundant world from versus being in a scarcity mindset. How do you shift it? Matter of fact, I always talk about snapping your band as I snap the band here. It's like, if your mind ain't right, snap your band and get on it. We got to rock and roll. And there's some things that we can do even today to help you get your mind right. And perhaps you're listening to this podcast and you're out for a walk, you're walking the dog, you're working out, you're driving right now, whatever it is. But like, you can literally flip the switch. I say it all day, flip the switch, flip the switch. We got to go, we got to roll. Let's get after it, which leads us to the A, action. Take action for what you want in life. You don't want to just say it. I've got kids, 16, 14, 11. Hey, you tell me you want to go to college, you want to play, uh, division one athletics, you got to work your butt off for that. I mean, a, the action is it's going to take more hard work than you ever thought, uh, to be successful in the game of life. The C an impact condition for greatness. Don't condition for mediocrity. We're not built for mediocrity. God built us, uh, as a temple to be great. So the, the C condition for greatness is what are we going to do to condition our body, mind, and soul today, literally today to make sure that we are at a higher level today than we were yesterday. And the T is be tenacious, tenacity, energy, fervor, spirit, the things that allow us to be different. You know, Brian, when, when I met you that had that spirit, that tenacity of like, Hey, this guy's different back in, uh, the late 1990s, I had a serious back injury playing professional football. And, uh, one of the body workers I was getting rolfing. It's a, it's a type of body work technique that you get. It's very, very specific. And one of my, what became mentors, his name was Dub Lee, was working on my hip flexors. I would say it's all in your hips and he's working on my hip flexors. And, um, he's like, man, you got a lot of stuff built up. That's why your back is, is so hurt. And I had three herniated discs, spinal stenosis, degenerative back disease. It left me motionless on a football field in Aix-en-Provence, France, uh, playing over overseas. And next thing I know this guy, he's like 75 years old. He's working on my psoas, the hip flexors. And I got off the table and I remember like jumping around I'm like, man, dub, I feel great. And when he was doing that, he said, man, you got to give up your dream of playing pro football. And I remember him working on my hips and I wanted to smack that guy in the face. It hurt so bad. And he says, no, Dodo Bird, sometimes you need a smack in the face uh, to wake up mm -hmm. and no one likes to get hit, right? No one likes to get hit. The whole reason for that band sometimes is just to give you a little tactile stimulation of flip the switch. Flip the switch. Literally consciously today, if there's a habit you want to break, you want to stop smoking or give up drinking or reduce a certain uh, habit that you have, you can do it, but you sometimes need literally a physical little boop, snap the band, get your mind right, we got to rock and roll, and then take action for what it is that we want in life. Something has to change, and most people aren't comfortable with change. Everybody defines fear differently. You might fear spiders. You might fear death. You might fear bankruptcy. Whatever fear looks like for you, it, it, don't discount it because fear r will rob you of a greater life. Mm -hmm. And you can't have a great day if you're fearful every step you take. It's interesting looking at the word fear because fear is real. Right? Like it's there. Everyone has fear. It's not like it's not going to be like no fear. Like it's what you do with the fear that's in mm -hmm. your life. Because bottom line is we all have fear. Um, I've shifted my, my relationship with fear now and how I look at fear and I actually embrace fear mm -hmm. and I run at fear. I remember when I opened my business 19 years ago, my, my gym fitness quest tenants in San Diego and I was scared. I had no money. I had no clients. I had no business plan. I didn't know what I was doing other than I wanted to change people's lives. 
And that was a really scary time in my life. I remember driving up to the studio and just literally being scared of what if I don't make it? I remember two years later getting my first NFL client, LaDainian Tomlinson was his name. He uh, was the first round draft pick for the San Diego Chargers. I remember being scared, literally scared of like, what am I going to do with this guy? Like, I'm a young trainer at the time. Like, man, he's all everything. He's all world. How am I going to help him? What am I going to do with him? I remember being scared at that time. I look back now, 19 years later, it's many times in our greatest fears are when our, when our biggest opportunities are, when we run at fear. It's often said that, you know, fear is either false expectations appearing real. Now I look at it as, you know, facing everything and rising. Run at your fear. The latest thing that I've been fearful, I just, I just tackled, um, is actually just about a little over six months ago. I actually had a, a, a knee surgery, a partial knee replacement. My fear was, man, I'm a coach and I'm a trainer. I've been training for 19 years. Man, I'm too young to have a, a, of a knee replacement. I don't need that. I mean, I was in so much pain. The pain was robbing me of being my best self. The fear of, man, am I getting it? Am I too young to get a knee surgery? Um, and I, I've, I've had multiple concussions. I've sprained and strained every muscle joint in my body. And here was a major, major surgery that I've had. But the fact of the matter is I had knee pain for 12 years. In the last three years, I was going to a doctor every 90 days without fail, not 91 and 92 days without fail and getting uh, cortisone shots in my knee so I could go on stage and present at different conferences and events and that stuff. Um, and it was scary because no one likes going under the knife. No one likes to have surgery. I kept putting my mindset on what was it going to be like when I was pain free? How is my life going to change? when I went through this uh, difficult time and how was I going to feel? What was I going to, what was life going to be like without uh, a knee that was constantly in pain or the last three months prior to surgery, I was on crutches. I mean, I was at my kids' ball games uh, on crutches and literally it was, uh, it was a tough time. It's one of the best things I've ever done for my health in the last Mm -hmm. two decades was getting that surgery because here I sit before you, Brian, and I'm like feeling like a million bucks. I can't wait tomorrow to go out on stage tomorrow and light that place up and fire a couple hundred trainers up about overcoming fear. Mm -hmm. Not, not, hey, fear's going to be there. Fear will be there. Is it fear of your physical health? Fear of a diagnosis? Fear of a skill or gift that you know is inside of you, but you're scared to share because what if I fail? And by the way, I'm not afraid to admit, like you're either motivated by fear of success or fear Fear of failure. I'm motivated by fear of failure. I don't want to fail, mm -hmm. and I'll go to all costs to not fail. Some people on the other other side of it is they're afraid of success. If I become successful, well, what if life changes? And 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 it might sound funny to some people, but even in working with uber successful people, they've overcome some of their own fears of man that could change life. And I really like my relationship or this or that. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to overcome your own head trash, your own stinking thinking. I find that when you run at your fear, the fear is never as big as it seems. Mm -hmm. When you run the other way, it becomes a gorilla on your back because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and manifesting. But for example, right now, we're getting ready to launch our podcast. For two years, I said, I'm going to do it. And you build up, man, you build excuses of why you're not going to do something. It's going to take up a lot of time. I don't know if I have the bandwidth to do it, right? Those little fears, like it doesn't have to be always big fears about losing a spouse or a relationship or losing a business. It could be little things of like, do I have the bandwidth in my schedule to take on whatever responsibility it is? What I realized is once you commit to something, you do it, it's never as bad as it seems once you take action on that. Mm -hmm. So when you take that action, all of a sudden you're like, hey, you know what? It's not as bad. Because nowadays in a world, you can Google how to do most things and figure out the answer, right? Google like allows us to really figure out or a YouTube, lot yeah. or, or YouTube, right? You know, you YouTube it or Google it. You're going to find out the answer. And when you surround yourselves with other smart people, you figure it out. But the bottom line is making up your mind, that mindset again, coming back to getting your mind right is like run at your fear. Whatever that fear is, whether it be small, whether it be big, if it's a small fear, it can become big real quick if you don't address that mm -hmm. fear. There you have it, Mr. Todd Durkin. The man could not be any more energized. I, I just feed off that. And he's 
just such a cool dude. (laughs) So, so awesome. So now we're going to transition into another very special episode that I was uh, honored to, to host with a mentor of mine, Mr. Craig Ballantyne, and the name of his book, Be Unstoppable. It was definitely not amazing. Uh, you described it. Something amazing happened. He went to the emergency room. <laughs> amazing in a bad way, right? Th- that was a blast. I'll tell you that much. Uh, so, so listen, I was, I was young and on the verge of success. Actually, I wasn't even that young. I was 29. So, I mean, I really like I should have been grown up by then, but I wasn't. So, I was working all these hours. I was going out a lot. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of people in the fitness space and a lot of them have led this kind of hypocritical life, you know, in their late twenties as well. And so it's got to change. And I wish I would have changed earlier, but you know, I, I worked too much. I didn't have boundaries on it. I partied too much, didn't have boundaries on it. You know, wasn't getting enough sleep, too much caffeine, too much alcohol, uh, too many thoughts in my head, not talking it out, not asking for help. And it led to those anxiety attacks, which were one of, you know, when you look back on some bad things, you can say, yeah, that was a good thing in the end because it helped me figure a whole bunch of stuff out. Now I just, you know, I'm, I'm on cruise control all the time. Well, always accelerating, but on, uh, you know, not, not having those tough times anymore. And I'm able to help so many other people either prevent or get out of those tough times. So yeah, it was amazing actually in the end. And I, I look back and I laugh about it all now. Um, not, not funny back then, but I, I totally laugh about it now because I am cured of it. And I can't wait to help somebody else overcome it too. Kind of let's define what anxiety really is. Because maybe somebody listening right now is going through some of these feelings, living a life kind of like this, that's out of alignment. And they're not quite, they're not able to put their finger on like exactly what's happening. So if if you could maybe explain some of those feelings and those sleepless nights and, and, and what that was looking like for you. Definitely. So I was hypocritical on the weekends. It was work, 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 you know, be a very good boy from Sunday night through Friday afternoon. And then, you know, I might've taken it easy Friday night, but I was definitely drinking by four o'clock Saturday afternoon till about four o'clock Sunday morning. And then, you know, hung over and recovered. Uh, I remember like I would, it would be so hard to stay awake on Sunday afternoon. I'd want to have a nap, but I knew if I had a nap, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep until midnight on Sunday night. And then that meant, you know, I'd be up five hours later to go and start my personal training where I'd be, you know, living that hypocritical lifestyle and then writing articles for men's health magazine. So I knew that I was hypocritical. I remember at the time thinking, oh my gosh, if if readers found out that, you know, I was shotgunning Red Bulls and vodka, um, you know, on the weekend and, you know, chugging beers and, and, you know, just staying out till all crazy hours, chasing girls. I was like, this is not what, what readers would expect of me. And, you know, most people who meet me today don't believe that ever happened, but did. And you can ask Vince Delmoni, that's for sure. He was, uh, he was at one of our legendary nights in Vegas in 2009, uh, which is actually three years after uh, I had, had the anxiety attack. So I, I didn't cure myself of all of that uh, debaucherous behavior until about 2011. Um, but actually maybe 2010, that 2009 was like one of the last going outs. And so that's the way the life was. And, and I remember right after my first anxiety attack, I was interviewing some girl for Oxygen Magazine because I was writing for them. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this girl sounds all together and she's so fit and so committed to the cause. And here I am, like I, I'm you know, a fraud interviewing her for a fitness magazine when I just you know, had an anxiety attack because I drank too much. So I definitely realized that I needed to change, but it's hard to change your ways sometimes. So that was what I was struggling with for sure. I want people to understand that my life is not, your life is not our readers and listeners life. Right. And so when you look at the absolute stuff, like he goes to bed at this time, he gets up at this time, he does this. Don't live my life. Okay. Take the principles, the foundations and apply them to your life because you know your life best, you know your physiology, your mental capacity, your energy levels better than I do, but the principles apply to everybody. And I like to use the phrase, it's not about the hour that you get up, it's what you do with the hours that you are up. So 5 a.m. club is not for everybody. I think the 5 a.m. club is quite stupid for most people, especially for somebody that's getting up at seven o'clock now. You do not go from 7 a.m. to 5 a.m. If you try and go from 7 a.m. to 5 a.m., you will have two days that will feel like a miracle. 
And then you will crash and burn so hard on day three that you will say, I'm never getting up before seven o'clock again. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen at all. And I actually had my friend Russell Brunson did this because he got my kit and he started getting up at five o'clock in the morning or four 30 or something after he was getting up at seven or seven 30 or even eight. And he did that. And I know that he had a rebound uh, or would have had a rebound from it. And like he, he said, he got a full eight hours work done in those first two hours and you do. But if you make that big of a jump, it's like taking somebody who eats pizza and soda all the time and saying, okay, chicken and broccoli for the next 30 days. Good luck. Go at it. You know, that ain't lasting. So it's the same with the hour that you get up. And our mutual friend, Joel Marion, is a perfect example of this. You know, he built a massive supplement business, $100 million business between the hours of like 9 p.m. and 4 a.m. Right. I used to stay at his place, you know, just, you know, close to you down in, uh, in Florida in St. Pete's. And when I got up at four o'clock in the morning, that was his signal to go to bed. <laughs> and he'd go, oh, it's bedtime. And then we would like, we'd pass. Thank you so much, CB. That information uh, is always worth listening to without question. Our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message. And please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. The next episode is actually episode number one, The Seven Keys to Be Strong by Design. And that's uh, me and Mike Westerdahl, founder of Critical Bench, talking about what we built this business on, what we stand for in in every uh, business uh, decision, in in the way we carry ourselves, handle ourselves, in all relationships, um, you know, in and out uh, of the office, and um, so we're going to just be able to touch on some of the uh, the the tips and just the the, the core values uh, that guide us in everything that we do here at Critical Bench. Mike, why don't you begin with what you feel is kind of the, the starting point, the, the number one uh, area that, that, you know, the, the first key, if you will. Well, the first key is going to be a passion. And this is just a deep love of what you're doing. And you have, you have to feel strongly and passionately about whatever it is you're doing. So let's talk about running a business, opening a business, or it could be your current job or a fitness goal, whatever it may be. If you're doing it because someone else wants you to do it, or you're doing it because you think there might be like an opportunity or a shortcut there, and you don't love what you're doing, you're not going to have the long-term success. It's going to burn out because eventually it does get hard. There will be challenges. And if you do not have that passion, you're not going to make it through those times. It has to be something that it doesn't even feel like work because you love doing it. Yeah. What would you do even if you weren't getting paid? What would you be doing? Yeah. And people wonder, well, there's things I like to do, but how do I make money doing that? I think all of us are given spiritual gifts. Just look at the things in your life that, that you're good at. And it may be hard to think of it, but it can be sports. It can be coaching. It can be just something in your life that you're good at. And if you can use that gift to help someone else, then that's a place where you can make money. A lot of people get tied up on money as an evil thing or something something difficult to to think about, but money really is just it's just a vehicle. It's just something that can be used as an exchange. And when you're helping someone, then there's an exchange for that. Yeah, I and I couldn't agree more with being passionate about something, how that can drive you uh, through those tough times. You can't just go through the motions and have long-term success. You have to feel like it's your purpose, what you're doing. And that's I when I think of passion, I think of purpose. And I, I think like for my myself, my deep love of of fitness and health and strength and, and how every day I wake up, I have an excitement in me to, to come and deliver that, that best 
content and the best uh, of me to service uh, the, the people that, that we deal with in business. And, and if you don't have that, then please do some soul searching and try to figure that out for yourself because your life will, I think I feel like you just go through life in black and white if you don't have that and then everything becomes color once you really find your purpose and your passion. The next, the next key that we have is called decisiveness. And this has to do with making decisions and taking action because so many people just think about what they want to do. They sit under the tree and just daydream about how awesome and that's visualization, which is definitely a technique that you can use. But just thinking about it, hoping, even praying for it, isn't going to just make it happen. You can partner with God and work together, but you got to do your part. Yeah. I've used this analogy before with uh, Pastor Tony Evans, and he talks about motion sensor lights at night, right? Yeah. So if you stand still and don't move, it stays dark. But when you take that step, the light turns on and shows you where to go. If you're looking for a partner or a spouse and you're just sitting on your couch waiting for someone to come knock on your door, probably not going to happen. You have to actually do something. So this step here is all about decisiveness, which means taking action, doing something. Next one we have is gratitude. Yeah, this this is one that took that took me some time. I can't say that this was something that was uh, top of mind a few years back. This is something that requires, um, I think, a real commitment to on a daily basis to remind yourself of what you should be grateful for and thankful for in your life. And that can kind of change your whole outlook on your day and on your life. And, and I, I, I know that sounds like a grand statement, but it's, it's, it, I've, I just heard it on another podcast recently with somebody talking about gr- the power of gratitude and having uh, even a gratitude journal where you write down every day. I mean, this is a Craig Ballantyne thing from years back. If you write down every day when you first wake up, maybe three things that you're grateful for, how that can just change your relationships with those people and let them know it and change your the way you feel about that day or, or, or many challenges maybe that you have. Because what's that thing that we like to say when it comes to gratitude? You can't be both sad and grateful at the same time. Those are like opposing emotions. So all it does is good for you. It fights it fights anxiety. It fights worry when you're thankful. And we, we all can find things in our life that we're thankful for. Just being alive today, your heart beating on its own. If you have legs and you can run or walk, even, even that is something to be grateful for that not everybody can do. And I actually saw a study showing that even just thinking of three things per day that you're thankful for or grateful for, that I think it said you would be 10% happier. And in our country, with the amount of antidepressants and the depression rates and the obesity, the highest it's ever been in the history of the world in the United States of America today is the worst it's ever been. Imagine, And we have this tool right at our disposal, but it it requires waking up 10 minutes earlier and just starting your day on the right track. Find one thing. Start with one. Maybe some people go, wow, I don't even know if I could figure out three things that I'm grateful for. Start with one thing. Maybe it's a relationship. You know, maybe it's uh, something that someone that you don't even know very well that did something nice for you. Uh, it, It can be anything. Start small and and build up from there. But I promise, if you practice gratitude, it'll become part of your 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 daily habits, and it really can change uh, how you view uh, yourself in the world and, and how you approach your day. And it's really turned things around for me. I mean, I, I like to start a lot of my day with devotional, with a lot of reading. Uh, I'll read scripture or I'll read uh, some devotionals from Tony Evans and Bear Grylls and some other people. And then I'll, I'll get on my knees and I'll pray and I'll say all the things that I'm thankful for and where I need help. And boy, do I feel better after I do that. Our seventh key. And this has got to be the most important one. And that's just having faith. We believe that what God has promised will always come to pass. And other people will will use another word that's pretty much a synonym, which is hope. 
uh, and, and hope. And obviously faith is, is more spiritually based because it's, it's faith in, in God. Uh, but hope is, Mike had something that you said not that long ago. Uh, you, there was a quote about the, the thir- 33 seconds and 30 minutes well, and all it's, that. it's from the military. Yeah. And we said you can go 30 days without food. You can go three days without water. You can go three, three minutes. minutes without oxygen, but you can't go... You can't go three seconds without hope. Yeah. If if you look at even prisoners or you look at people that were in concentration camps, as soon as you lose hope, it's done. Like you're you're gonna die so soon. Yeah, you won't fight for your life or fight for some the guy next to you if you lose hope. But what is hope? Yeah, what, what is hope? What is faith? It's believing that this is all happening for a reason and even without knowing, without proof that the outcome is going to happen, you have faith and believe that it can. Right. So apply this to to your business, apply this to a goal or something that you're trying to achieve. You, you do have to have faith that it's possible and that it can happen. If you don't have hope in that, there's no point in any of it. And now we're going to jump from episode number one all the way to episode 100. It only seems fitting in a very special episode 200 to go back a little bit, right, and find some of the, the best conversations and the, the things that are going to help people the most. So we're moving into episode 100, the top three secrets to business success, uh, which for a little while we were referring to as the power of grit, uh, which is a, a terrific uh, quality in people uh, to have in business. And so Mike and I dive into what uh, what are the secrets to his business success and critical bench? And so you're in for a real treat with this conversation. I mean, you're I, getting how many leads would you say in a month? Were, were you or, or well, people? I don't remember the numbers, yeah. but I got the awards for most sales yeah. in the company. Like at the uh, monthly conferences, they call you up on stage, and right. I was getting like the most sales. But then, um, yeah, they shut it down. They said, you can't do that anymore. And I think my sales dropped from like a couple hundred sales a month down to like 14 sales a month. Right. And I was like, all right. And that, at that exact same time, the business had really starting to grow a little bit. I was actually making more with Critical Bench than I was making selling memberships and working at the gym with personal training. I was training in the mornings and uh, after work, plus that job and doing Critical Bench. So definitely hustling at that time. But I realized my income was going to drop and it just wasn't worth spending all that time at that job when I could be investing in the business. And I got fired up reading the books. And that's when I made a pledge to myself that I would not accept a paycheck ever again from that time on. And I decided uh, the relationship with Courtney was brand new. Mm. And I told her that I wanted to move and that I really off of a map just picked um, St. Petersburg, Florida to go visit. It's in the Tampa Bay area. It's where we live now in Clearwater. And I said, there's no state income tax. It was the opposite of where I was with the snow and the cold, mm. you know, get near the beach and the sun, save on some taxes. And really it was right before the housing crash. So looking at condos in Boston, it was like four or $500,000 for a two bedroom, like kind of in the outskirts of the city. And then I looked online and saw places down here for like under half the price really in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. Uh, we came down on a vacation. We loved it and wound up, uh, wound up just making the plunge and moving here. And I think that was 14, 15 years ago. And at that time is when I decided to go all in with the business and not work for anyone else and never accept another paycheck again. And she, obviously she came, you can tell by that, that she decided, she said, you're not leaving me here. I'm coming with you. Which is a was a big move on her part because all her family was in, oh in the God. Boston area and she has a huge family. Huge family. Hundred, yeah. Hundreds of relatives. Yeah. All in that general area. So she was one of the first to kind of move. Mm. And everybody always thought, you know, we were coming back and we did consider it. But yeah, that's the point where we went all in with the business. That was a pivotal moment. I mean, that was, you know, we, we've, we've talked about these moments we, and everyone has these moments in their lives, pivotal moment, moments where a big decision is made and massive action, which is one of our, one of our key, uh, uh, key principles or, or guiding, uh, core values here in the business is taking massive action. And, uh, you know, sometimes in life, you know, change is really uncomfortable, but in order to get to level up, right. Or to, to get to, a, a, a new um, 
you, you know, a new level or a new point in your life, you have to do something that's scary and, and, and uncomfortable, uh, to, you know, to take that step forward. If you're going to conferences, meeting people with the intent of what can I get from them? That's, that's not going to work. What you want to do is go in and add value. You want to just be a friend, hang out, be cool. People think of networking as this really difficult thing sitting at a table and you're like speed networking and, mm. and you're trying to like exchange business cards and you have to show up at this place and you have to leave and you had to have gotten 10 sales or something. Um, for me, that's not what it's like in this industry. All we do is show up, we hang out, we have fun and just become friends. And then what happens is later, when it's time to do business, you have a relationship with this person. They remember hanging out with you. They remember some of the stuff you talked about. They remember sharing a meal, hanging out, whatever it was. Then when you reach out to them about something you have going on, you've got their attention. They'll, they're interested in it and they'll, they'll find a way to, um, if they can, help you out. Yeah. Where if it's a stranger and they don't know you and you haven't met, then you're just another email going into a folder that may or may not get to and it's nothing personal people have their own daily agendas that things they're trying to accomplish mm. and when you email or call somebody about something you want that that's really nothing to do with their day you know they may or may not get back to you and it's got nothing to do with you right it's about putting your stamp on on that on that relationship once that bond is created uh even if a year or two has gone by if that person remember has a memory of you and they feel good about it they will probably do what they can to help you out. And, uh, that's, that's a, just a great way to approach life in general is to, you know, to be willing to, to, you know, meet people and surround yourself with, with people that are thinking big and have that positive attitude and be receptive and be memorable. And because you just don't know when you're going to have to maybe rely on that relationship. And, uh, that's just a huge, huge takeaway. Well, there's a good book on it called give and take mm, yes and it would labeled people as three types of people there were uh givers people that are always giving and helping and doing things for other people and a lot of times we think that's the nice guy that's going to get taken advantage of and finish last then you've got what most people are i'd say like 80 percent are matchers yeah and you've probably seen this in your life where you pay for something for one guy and they're like all right all right but i owe you next time and they're keeping score and the next time they're doing it and it's keep making sure every single time it's exactly even. That's what a matcher is. A matcher cannot accept any generosity without thinking they owe you something. So it's always like receiving and, and then owing. I mean, that could be a Christmas present. Can't give a Christmas present to a matcher. They're going to, if they didn't have something for you, they're going to go buy it and give it to you. Not because they wanted to, just because they have to match. That's right. And then you've got the taker. Those are the people that step on throats, take advantage of people and manipulate and are very self-centered and selfish. And that's a small percentage too. Now in the uh, short term, people think that, you know, the wealthy are that kind of people. They think they're the people that are going to take advantage and just do what it takes to get ahead, whether it's cheating, lying, stealing, whatever it is. But that doesn't work long term, winds up going to prison or things backfiring or corrections. But when it comes to, to the givers, those are the ones that in the long run, they wind up finishing first. Because when it's time, everybody wants to come together and help them out when they need it. But as long as you don't go in with that intent, you're not giving, you don't give a present because you want someone to give you a present. It's, you, it has you, a, yeah, right. You give because it feels good. Yeah. Right. And for one of our core values is service. And this is like serve leadership, uh, servant leadership. You know, we, we do think of others first. We exist to serve the customers. Nobody's better than anybody else. And we're, we are thinking of other people first. And um, that, that's a kingdom mindset of, of how Jesus was too. Yeah. You know, put, putting other people above yourself. He was God in the flesh, yet he's serving other people at washing feet. Yeah, he wasn't too good to do what it, what it took to satisfy someone else's need. So, I mean, it, yeah. it, do, it does come back to you, but that's not the intent of it. Mm. But it, it will work out that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Back, back to the story with Courtney and Karina, I also found freedom through surrender at that time because as a, as a guy, I was trying to solve this. I was trying to figure it out. I was doing everything in my power to help, help the baby, help my wife, and nothing I was doing 
was going anywhere. It just seemed like it was getting worse and worse and worse. It was snowballing. It seemed like we might be moving back, but I knew that we weren't moving back to Massachusetts, which I was okay with sacrificing for that for my wife, if that's what she wanted to do. But at the same time, I didn't think that that hormonally we were in the right position to be making life life decisions like that. So we did wind up renting a place for the summers and to visit. And that issue resolved itself. We realized, you know, that God needed us where we are and we're here for a reason. But during that time, I, I could not solve it. I could not fix it. I could not figure it out. And I was at the end of my rope. I remember driving my car and just like parking in an empty parking lot and just screaming in the car. It's kind of like when you jump in the pool and go underwater and scream because nobody can hear you. Mm. And I went home and, um, I took Courtney's hand and got on our knees and I, and I prayed and I said, God, I said, I need your help now. I've tried everything and I don't know what to do. And I, I'm surrendering this entire situation to you. Please take over the steering wheel and, and help us through this. When you do things for others just to benefit them, they, they, it's unusual to them. <laughs> it's, it stands out. You stand out. So rather than seeing what they can do to help you out, do, do something, find a hole, find something in, in, in the way they do their business that you see a, 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 an opportunity to, to help their business grow. And, uh, and w- without any, you know, just, just because it's, it's, it's a good thing to do and to make that relationship stronger, that will always come back to you in a, in a positive way. So it's, that was that was a huge takeaway for me uh, years ago. And so, what what would be your your this? See, this is the one that I, I kind of this is something an attribute that Mike's had actually his whole life. Well, the la- the last one is the the non sexiest thing that doesn't even sound like a secret, right. but it's just so uncommon for people, and that's just to keep with it and um, just have that determination. And that grit to keep working on something long term because most people do wind up quitting very quickly or they try it for a, for a few months or they try it for a year and they say it's not working and then they move on to the next thing or nothing at all. Then it winds up, you just never get any momentum going. Yeah. Where today you do see people where it's like, wow, that guy figured it out quick. He hit his home run immediately. And oftentimes, if you know the backstory, you just found out about the home run, but there'd been a lot of singles and doubles and strikeouts beforehand that you didn't even know about. It's that uh, overnight success story that takes 10 years, right? But it looks like an overnight success story because that's when you've heard about it. So it's, it's the same thing with this. You know, we've got some home runs, but we've been doing this for a really long time and failed on so many different things. And there's been ups and downs, but the, the key to it all is just to keep trying to keep taking action because when you're just standing still, it just builds up more anxiety and nervousness and nothing happens where if you're moving and even if you mess up, you're learning as you go. You wind up taking two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. It's not going to be a straight line to the top. It's going to be you know crooked and ups and downs, right. but it's going to be keep moving in the right direction. And that's, that's going to happen with just the long-term consistency, really. Yeah. If you look at our YouTube channel, how many years have we been doing a video a day? Oh my gosh. Video every day for almost seven years. Yes, seven years of one video uploaded per day for seven years. Yeah. And now we're at half a million subscribers. We'll probably be at a million by the end of the year. It's Correct. starting to hit this yeah. uh, spot where it's just starting to grow really fast. But that didn't happen just because of the last two months of videos. That happened because of the seven years of a video per day. And how many guys have we seen come and go where they did a video a day for a year and then now they're not even on YouTube? Just get burnt out and quit. That's right. And it happens in businesses too. If you go back to all the guys I knew when I started to who's around now and uh, even this marketplace where we sell called ClickBank, which accepts the credit cards for us, the guys that are at those events versus the guys that were at those events 10 years ago, there's like five guys that have been there the whole time the rest of them come and go. It's like that with everything in life. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. To help our show reach more listeners just like you, please let us know how we've changed your life. 
by leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. And it only seems fitting to go to a very dear friend of ours, uh, both Mike and uh, and my uh, dear friend, Dr. Ron Eccles, who is uh, has been a huge influence in our lives for years now. Uh, he's actually the gentleman that helped helped us create our core values uh, here at Critical Bench. Uh, is somebody that we're in constant contact with on a weekly basis, and uh, are part of a group uh, that he created years ago called Roar. And this episode, uh, Dr. Ron shares a lot of the things that uh, that we discuss and that we have uh, devoted a lot of uh, time and effort and conversation to, um, you know, in, in growing ourselves uh, personally and professionally. So this is episode 30, Roar, Claim Your Territory with Dr. Ron Eccles. You had this, this idea for Roar. Yeah. I call that my core four. Your so core you, four. You, you, and that was before I was actually working with primarily Christian business owners. Yeah. Uh, I've been working with, and I still have plenty of clients that yeah. are, that, that don't share the same faith that I have, but I still take them through the core four, right? Uh, getting clear about what it is you want. And, and I'm going to say that Strong by Design is a brilliant uh, title for a podcast because it's about being proactive. In other words, it's by design. Nothing happens by accident. Randomness and letting things happen on their own are not a prescription for success. So strong by design fits in perfectly to what I do for a living, yes. right? Because yeah. I, I talk about your relationships, your finances, your health, and your spiritual walk. And you have to get clear about what it is you want in each. So when I'm working with my clients, it's about what they want, not what I want. Mm-hmm. What is their What are their financial goals? What are their relationship goals? What are their spiritual goals? And what are their health goals? And until they know what they want, I would say that if I walked you into the middle of a field blindfolded, I spun you around 10 times. I put a bow and arrow in your hand and said, I want you to put the arrow on the bow and I want you to pull it back and I want you to hit the target 200 yards away. Most people would say, I can't do that. And I would ask them why. And they would say, because I can't see the target. And I go, aha, my old Jewish term. My, aha. My, okay. aha. <laughs> you got it. Uh, you, if you can't hit a target, you can't see. Yeah. And most people, whether they're a business owner, whether a person who's just trying to deepen their relationship with their wife or their husband, a person who's trying to get stronger in their belief, they want to walk according to what they believe, or a person's trying to change their health. Whatever it is they want to do, you got to get clear about what it is you want before you can ever get it. So that's where everything begins for me. Yeah. And a number of years ago, again, as a business coach, one of the things that I always encourage people to do is to specialize and create a niche that you can stand out in. And one of the things I, I consume at least three books by audio a month, minimum. And some of those books I go through two, three times. Yeah. And there's some great books out there. And one book was kind of boring for me to listen to, but it's a great concept. And that's Red Ocean, Blue, or sorry, Blue Ocean, right? It's about the Blue Ocean strategy of, of competing in a marketplace, creating your marketplace where you don't have a whole lot of competition. And I remember it was about five or six years ago, I began to hear from people that were not Christians in masterminds that I belong to in different places saying, Ron, you need to be working with the Christian world more because your voice is strong in that area because your faith. And I went, no, business coaching is business coaching. Mindset principles and personal growth belongs to everybody. And I still do believe that. Yeah. But the problem is if you're going to have a successful business, you've got to be able to speak to one audience that will listen, particularly where you can get traction and really develop some depth. Mm -hmm. And so before you go wide, go deep. And I wasn't following that. I wasn't listening to the signs I'll say God put in my life. Yeah. He was speaking to me through people who didn't even believe what I believed, but they recognized something in me and they said, here's where you need to be. And I resisted it for, I want to say five or six years. And then essentially I got to the point where I had to actually submit. I had to say, look, the journey of my life, and I hope people are listening to this right now. It doesn't matter what you do for a living or where you're going. You need to know that you are on a journey. And during that journey, God is preparing you for something greater. And that preparation sometimes is 
requires the heat being turned up mm. and so many impurities coming out. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's pruning. And, and those are the painful times. Those are parts of the journey nobody really wants to go through. Yeah. But one of the things I absolutely believe in, and I've talked to thousands, tens of thousands of people over the last number of years speaking in public, and everybody agrees that it's those times and those events in your life that most, for most people, cause the greatest development after you walk through it. No doubt. I mean, who grows from easy? I'll just challenge anybody listening right now that I, if you have a life that's built upon something that's unshakable, your life is so much better. Now, for me, that unshakable foundation is Christ. Right. So for me, that never changes. God's love is consistent, it's pure, and it's incredible. Now, I got to tell you, I'm kind of going back now to the story because yeah. I have to say, if they, you know, all the stuff I talk about and all the stuff I did, I resisted my own advice, right? For a long time uh -huh. until it got to the point where I was going back and forth to Canada. I had met a guy. We were good friends. He had a robust coaching business up there. He would do events and teach people how to then join his coaching business. And then he would help them grow their businesses. We were going to bring his company into the U.S. and he and I would be partners here. Mm -hmm. And so for a year and a half, I'm back and forth speaking in Canada, working and, and, and learning his entire procedure on how to bring that into the U.S. And I put all my own plans on hold. During that time, I was working with a couple of men who were Christians and have six and seven figure businesses. These are high income earners, but yet they struggled, you know, marital issues, personal issues. Yes. You know, they were making plenty of money. Money wasn't their problem. And they were coming to me for help. So I was working with them. And then they began to say things to me and speak into my life. They started saying, you need to abandon those. And I'm just giving you the, 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 the short story, right? Sure. Abandon doing this whole thing of bringing his coaching business into the U.S. And you need to be addressing and bringing your talents and gifts to the Christian business world. And again, I resisted him for a while until God... Also, God intervened in a way that just caused all things to come together for roar. And I, I introduced that word for the first time. And I guess the big question is, well, what is roar? Because most women I say that they don't understand. It's R-O-A-R. And so let me kind of go back and give you the context. Now, remember, for a number of years, I am not niching myself. I am not identifying my target audience. And the first thing in business you need to know is who is your target audience? So then I began to realize, well, the Christian business owner is my audience and the people that had come into my life were the people where they've already hit the tipping point. They've already been working hard on their business for a long time and they're making money, but it came at a cost and the cost sometimes was their health, yeah. which we talk about, you talk about here a lot, right? Yes. It, it came at a cost of their marriage or relationships, their parent skills, and sometimes at the spiritual growth, because these are men and women that walk and believe in Christ as their as the first and only thing in their lives, right? But yet their lives didn't really, it was not really congruent with that message. And I can totally say that was me for 30 yes. years of my yeah. life as a yeah. business owner. Right. So I get it. So there, in other words, my wife and I began to pray. So I was in a gym one day. I said, well, okay, we got to call it something, right? We're going to do this community. We're going to build this community and yeah. serve this group of people because yeah. money becomes their problem. And not their solution because it gets in the way sometimes of having a right balance in life. How many successful people have we seen in the news who have more than they can ever, you know, spend? Or if they gave it away every day, they'd have, they still have plenty in the bank and they're miserable. Yeah. It's so, you know, we, we know that that's not the source of happiness. No, we see. I mean, we see movie stars and, yes. and rock professionals, oh right? Goodness. They're musicians yes. that are taking their own lives because they have money, they have fame, everything that the average person looks at and goes, wow, I wish I had that. Yeah. And yet they take their own lives because they are empty inside. So Roar came to me one day. I was figuring, okay, we got to have a name for this community. And I was on the treadmill in the gym and I'm going at it. And during, during cardio days, I am uh, watching, I was go between Fox News to catch up on some stuff I wanted to learn about, right? And hear about it. Because I only, I keep my my news bites in very small increments because it's very negative in general. Yes. No matter what station you watch, yes. Fox seems to be a little bit more positive for me. Then I was going back and forth between that and the animal planet. And during this time when I was doing it each day, 
the they were they had a show on like the big cats and they were in Africa, right? So yeah. and I just like these big cats are so fascinating for me. And so as I'm living, I'm learning about lions and and leopards and cheetahs and stuff. Yeah. And it was happened to be a section on lions, right? And they were talking about when and why lions roar. And one of the reasons they roar, and it's usually their loudest and most most commanding roar, is to warn the enemy to stay out. They can sense, they can smell when, or they can hear a roar of another lion that's coming into their territory and they will roar saying, hey, stay out, this is mine. And that became a metaphor for me. I was like, instantly, I'm like, that's the name of our community. Because it's about Christian men and women who own businesses, and we include their spouses because we want to feed both. It's about taking back the territory the enemy has stolen from them or they have yielded to the enemy. Now, the enemy, for those listening, is for us as Christians, we talk about the devil, right? The, the, the powers of evil in this world that are looking to diminish our impact on the world because we're called to impact the world. And we're called to be the salt and the light. And that means we better be walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Correct. And so Roar has developed into a community where we invite people who have already robust businesses, who are Christians. We invite them and their spouses if they're married with some people that are divorced, some people that are single to come and experience a two-day event. We do it four times a year. And if they like the event, then they are invited to join. And there's a yearly fee. That's why we have kind of a threshold. Like you you should make at least $100,000 in income a year to qualify to come because we know how much it costs to join. And the average person under that isn't quite really, can can do it without really hurting their yeah. personal lives. Because $100,000 nowadays is not a lot of money when you're, you know, you're raising a couple kids, you, you've got a mortgage, you've got all these different- Correct. Uh, obligations. And so we know that we don't want to make it a strain for those individuals. So we're identifying our target audience and working with them. Now, I do have to say this, uh, when I first started launching, and I think I talked about this at our last Roar event, Chris, and you were there, that when I first started the marketing campaign for that, and this is kind of one of those business lessons right now, strong by design. Well, you have to get stronger by design when it comes to marketing and learning how to build your business. Absolutely. And for me, this is the biggest budget I've ever created to a market this event. And so I hired a team, Facebook team to work with me. And we created a marketing video sales letter. We put it together in a funnel and we launched it. And the first thing it says is that, Hey, you need to make X number of dollars or to have a certain number of business you're doing because we want to qualify the people that are coming because we want to make sure they can afford to join the community if we're paying for the large part of their expenses coming. The, the thing that stands out most to me about Roar is, is balance. Mm. because so many of us are off balance and we've already touched on it with the the people that are high income earners. And so financially they're, they're rockets, they're fighter jets, they're, they're crushing it, but maybe their relationships are out of whack. Maybe their, their faith is, is weak or, or not there at all. Uh, And, Maybe their physical health has suffered because they've poured all their time and effort into making more money and more, 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 but they've, they've let these other things go. So one of the points that I think Mike had made at, at, at the past Roar event was trying to be strong in all these categories or, or more balanced. Yeah. So anyone listening right now, what would you say to them if they're kind of looking at these four different phases of their of their life? What what are some simple things that they can start to do maybe to to turn a corner? Well, I'm going to give you I'm going to give everyone here a couple pieces of coaching advice and you yes. can take it or leave it depending upon, you know, if you're open to receive something, I think you can hear some wisdom in here and grow from it. Yeah. Number one is that a life that is proactive, in other words, you say strong by design is about proactivity, right? Yeah. I always tell people you're either reactive or proactive. You can't be both. Now, you might have be, you might be one in one area and something else in another area, but I've discovered that in most people's lives, and I'm going to say about 99% of the people I know, they are living reactive. Even people that are seven figure income earners. Yes. They're in their business world. They're proactive. But when it comes to their marriage, when it comes to even balancing their health, mm. when it comes to, they're totally reactive. I, I work with some really high end people and I got to tell you, I'm so honored to be able to work with them and they become, I was very transparent with me because they, they, they let me in on some things going yeah. on in their personal lives. Yeah, Cause yeah. they say, listen, I mean, I'm growing and, but I'm always in fear and stress 
because well, what happens if this dries up or, you know, or right now we're going through a downturn, right? Which is normal in a business. They go, they got a problem. They got to find a solution for it. But the stress when you have a big business like that, when you have a big problem versus somebody at maybe 30 or 40, $50,000 a year, it's completely different on the scale. And so, and the amount of people that it affects too. And so, therefore, the stress or the perceived stress loads are incredibly high Mm. on these individuals. So, it takes a toll. Now, when we were during the last roar, Mike mentioned that he says, because he's a typical type A personality entrepreneur, right? So, I deal with them all the time. I are one. I are (laughs) one. So, I get it. And here's the thing it's about not stressing yourself out to think I've got to be at a level 10, if zero to 10 scale, I got to be at a level 10, all four, all the time. Cause Mike said, how do I get there? I said, you'll never get there. Right. Because that's, that's perfection. And perfection is an illusion. Excellence is not. And excellence means you have a plan and you're working each. And I'll call my core four. You've got a plan set in place and you have daily habits that you are working on to keep all of those moving in the right direction. Mm. Now, so let me give you a practical example. Each and every day when I wake up in the morning, before I get out of bed, I begin praying. Now, praying is important for me. Obviously, if I'm going to lead a Christian group, I should be practicing what I preach, right? Yeah. So, I, I, I don't get out of bed until I begin praying and worshiping God. Then when I get out of bed, while I'm putting on my healthy green tea, mm-hmm. and I have some adaptogens I put in it, while I'm preparing that, I am continuing to pray. And then I open up and I begin my devotions, right? I start reading. I read five devotions every morning from different sources. And then I read in the Bible and then I pray a little bit more. And now I begin starting my work, right? So I begin now laying out my day. What do I need to work on? What is the highest and best use of my time? So if I'm backing up for a second and you're listening to me right now, say, here's what I'm doing. I am putting the big rocks in first. I'm figuring out what are the most important things for me to get done during a day. And then I'm lining them up and I'm writing them out. So I'm, and I, I here's how I write. And, you, and you're doing it in a very, from a very strong point because your mindset now is, is, is where you need it to be. Yeah. You've prayed, you've been grateful, you've been thankful, you're feeling blessed, you're feeling closer, a closer connection to God, to your wife, to whatever. And you're, you were in the word for a few minutes. So you're just coming from a, a, a much stronger place too. Yeah. And I tell people, listen, if you don't, if that's not your thing, if yeah. you're not a Christian or whatever, yeah. but whatever it is to set your mind where you want yeah. it to be, get there as early in the day as you can, yeah. right? Yeah, because absolutely. that sets the tone for what you're going to do during the day. Yeah. Now listen, do I wake up with days where I've got some really heavy stuff on my mind and, yep. and things that are racing and maybe I didn't even get a good night's sleep? Sure, it happens once in a while, right? And I wake up and and those things are on my mind, but I still have to practice the things that are going to take me to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And I got to do them every day. Yeah. And if I practice these little habits every day, they're going to build into bigger habits. And again, it could be bad habits or good habits, but for me, it's good habits, right? Mm-hmm. That will take me to where I have already planned I want to go. So yeah. that's one part, right? Now, you notice the other part was I'm already setting what I'm going to put in my body in the mornings yes. because I want it to be healthy. I'm preparing myself to go to the gym, right? So I go to the gym when it opens up typically at five. So I've, I'm up 3.30, 3 o'clock sometimes. So I've got an hour and a half to two hours worth of work done already, and I'm off to the gym. Now I'm, again... I'm doing something for my body, my health. So I've, I'm just covering, I've covered my, some of my spiritual d- disciplines. Mm-hmm. I've covered a little bit of my work ethic and now I'm into my, my body. So I'm covering like three different yeah. pillars right, right yeah. now. Okay. And here's what's amazing. If my wife gets up before I leave, we'll go over and I'll pray intentionally with my wife. Cause what does that do? It builds my relationship with my wife. Cause that's important for us. Right. Mm-hmm. And if not, I send her a love note by text message. So that when she wakes up and she turns on her phone, she's got a message from me. Right. And if she doesn't message me back by the time she gets to the gym and I'm there, I'm giving her a hard time saying, hey, you know, hey, where's that message? Because we practice building a relationship. It does not happen by accident. No. Especially now, because I'm in a different phase of life now, because yeah. my kids are all grown and you're with young kids, right? Yes. And so there's this amazing lack of balance that happens with kids, yes. right? Because they throw off your schedule. Oh, yeah. But you got to have those disciplines. Like if you're, if you're not paying attention to the things that are most important to you, yeah. they'll dissolve or they'll deteriorate mm. over time very rapidly. We live in a culture today that does not encourage strong families. And there you have it. Five absolutely amazing bedrock conversations. 
episodes that are pillars, uh, you know, through 199 episodes, uh, these five I felt did a, a terrific job at really drilling down into, you know, what you need to be just a great leader, to be uh, a, a terrific person or a, just a presence in someone else's life, uh, life that, that can guide them, that can lead them to, to do better. You know, one of the biggest things that we do, try to do here is to, to serve others in, in everything that we do. And to always be thinking about others uh, before we think of ourselves. You know how how you know will this really help somebody? Um, you know will the, and, and I think when you come from that place, from a place uh, in your heart, uh, a place of service, a place where where the passion uh, and the desire to help someone can 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 meet, uh, you're you are unstoppable. You are going to be living a life strong by design. You will overcome fears and uh, you, you will just find your purpose in that. And, and that's what leadership takes. And people can feel that. It's just authentic. It's sincere. It's genuine. It's all those things. So I hope that this episode moved you in some way uh, to take action and to start to adopt some of these uh, amazing strategies and mindsets from some great people in our industry. So thank you again for choosing Strong by Design. It means a lot to us. Uh, this is a very special opportunity for us to give back. And that's uh, what I think we did in this episode for sure, episode number 200. And we have hundreds more to make. So uh, enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. And we will be back next week, as always, on Wednesday when we release a new episode on Strong by Design. You take care and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you. 